Hi everyone and welcome to my podcast. I am Prashan the Wordsmith. The purpose of this podcast is to share my knowledge on a variety of topics ranging from communication, empowerment, mindset, positive thinking, as well as to gain knowledge from others in subjects such as yoga, spirituality, anti-discrimination and current affairs. The episodes will be presented as an interview podcast. The frequency of the episodes will be every two weeks. Hi, I'm Krishan and welcome to Krishan the Wordsmith Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 2. In this episode, I interview my dear friend, Yuvarajan Devendran, who is a podcaster and his podcast is called Knowledge Worth Sharing. In this episode, he also shares about his life story, Yuva's journey as a mathematics teacher in a national school, the discrimination and challenges he faced, including being the underdog, and he talks about his life-changing journey last year when he enrolled in the coaching course in the J. Shetty Coaching School. Also, he talks about his future plans once he completes his PhD this year. Thank you for tuning in to this episode and please tune in to the following episodes. Bye! Hi everyone, this is Krishan. Welcome to Krishan the Wordsmith Podcast. Today is Taipusam, so I would like to wish, wish my guest, uh, Yuva, my good friend, happy Taipusam. Yeah, thank you so much, Krishan. And I wish all the audience there happy, blessed Taipusam. Um, yeah, despite the um, despite the festival have been disrupted, I mean, not disrupted, I mean, have been like affected by the COVID and we have to buy SOP, but I can still feel the, the divine powers today. So yeah, I wish I want to wish everyone a blessed Taipusam and stay safe. Uh, thank you, uh, Yuva. Um, it's good that uh, despite the unexpected um, restrictions uh, due to the pandemic uh, by the authorities, um, you're still able to feel the spirit of Taipusam. Yeah. Yes. So thank you very much, Yuva, for accepting this invite. Mm -hmm. This is my okay. very first season and very first episode. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so for those of you all who actually watched the very first uh, episode that I uploaded onto YouTube and also onto the podcast, um, it was the other way around. Yuva interviewed me. Mm. So today, uh, we are doing a little bit of a role reversal. I'm interviewing Yuva. So mm. we are going to get to know Yuva a little bit more and um, uh, see what is his perspective on different things as well as his uh, uh, life journey because he has had various experiences and he's uh, juggling so many different things at the same time. So he and I have the juggling acting uh, in common. <laughs> yeah, both of us are expert jugglers, you know? <laughs> yes, and uh, every day we get better at it and we add on more stuff. And then we realize um, whether it's a good idea to add on more or just stick to what we already have. Yeah. Okay, so you are just to um, um, to set the stage for this. Um, you and I are very good friends. So we've gotten to yeah. know each other 
quite well uh, over the last one year, even though we've known each other for, I think, about easily about four years, because we know each other, <coughs> know each other through this um, uh, lay community uh, called Own, Own Your Story. And um, during this pandemic, um, uh, you can see our relationship has uh, progressed and we've gotten to know each other quite well. Um, and uh, so we naturally talk quite often um, offline um, via chat, but this is going to be, shall I say, the second time we'll do this on camera. Yeah. Uh, but on my side, the other day it was on his side. Okay, so Yuva, can you tell our listeners and viewers a little bit more about yourself? You know, um, what is your educational background? What are the um, many things that you are juggling? And just, just give them a little uh, brief summary about yourself. Okay, all right, Christian. Thank you for the wonderful introduction again. And yeah, and as I said, um, basically, I'm speaking to my dear friend. So, like, I'm feeling very comfortable talking right now. So, yeah, um, my name is Yuvarajan Devindran. Um, I'm the second son um, of my in, in, second son of my family. Um, I do have an elder brother, Yogesh Ruben, who is a doctor. Uh, well, for me, um, I started my, I was born and bred in Tapa. So I was anak jati Tapa lah, Tapa Perak. <laughs> so then I, and then I proceed with my primary and secondary education there. And for my teacher's training, teacher's training um, education, I went to Johor Bahru. And Johor was my second home for five and a half years. And right after that, I did my posting. I, I got posted in Sarawak for three years, in Perak for three years and and since since then I got posted in KL for now the fourth year running lah. And I just have to mention one thing, Christian, uh, for the information audience. Uh, last Sunday, 16th of January was a landmark day for me because I marked 10 years of service as a teacher. Wow, awesome. So fast already, yeah. 10 years, yep. uh, you were? Yep, exactly. Time flies. And then um after that, about education background, um I yeah, I did my degree of degree in uh, teaching in Johor Bahru, and after that, um, I did my masters in educational administration in UPM, which is why you're far distance learning because I started I started my masters when I was in Sarawak and continued when I got transferred here, and then after that, um, currently I'm now doing my PhD in educational leadership in 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 UCM Laya. I'm I'm in my in my seventh semester, I'm looking forward to great to end all my PhD work by this year because I think I've been doing it too long. So I think just get it done. The year 2022 is a year of completion for me. Um, and then apart from that, um, apart from being a teacher and apart from being a um, being a doctor doctor candidate in UM, I'm also a certified life coach. I just completed my um, graduation from. J. Shetty Certification School and um, and my coaching niche is anti-discrimination. So this is where I work with young adults from 17 to 40 years old who have been subjected to discrimination. But um, for now, it's predominantly from the South Asian diaspora, which means that um, Indians, Sri Lankan, um, Pakistani, um, Bangladeshi. But based in, in general, I do work anyone who has been discriminated regardless of gender, race, and also um, social backgrounds. Um, and then apart from that, I'm also a student in Temple of Fine Arts. <laughs> so I'm also trained in Karnatic. So I'm just, I'm, I'm now in my stage two. 
So yeah, like what Christian say, like juggling the act, juggling few glasses of water at the same time. That's the best way to summarize my life journey so far. Thank you, Yuva, for that um, broad uh, uh, introduction about yourself. Um, so Yuva, um, what uh, do you recall, or do you do you know what 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 made you think of becoming a teacher? What was the reason you decided to become a teacher? Hmm, very interesting question, Christian. Um, you and I know the answers were answered well, but I will see in a as subtle as subtle as possible for the gen for the general audience knowledge. Um, to be honest, teaching wasn't my first choice of career. Um, I but then due to some circumstances in the past, I I had to join teaching. But you know what? After ten years of teaching, you start to it start to grow grow fond towards the career, you know, um, because I think maybe because I like kids, I like children, so I had I have fun, you know, dealing with kids because um, kids because like uh, children they have the highest level of creativity, you know, because I think once I think we're not taken one one astrophysicist with the name of Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, mm-hmm. he men- he mentioned that children are natural born scientists. They are natural born experiment, experiment, experimentalists. You know, they, they want to they want to experiment what they do. So parents out there, if you have a children who are who constantly broken uh broke eggs or broken some uh, things at furniture at home, don't <laughs> don't call them. Don't call them. They they are scientists in the making. So don't do not you know deprive their chance to experiment with nature. Okay. So, did you hear that to our listeners and viewers who are uh, parents? Yuva is uh, suggesting that uh, you be more understanding towards your children because perhaps their sense of wonder and curiosity is at work and or perhaps they may be a little bit clumsy or callous. So, Mm -hmm. it could be those two things, uh, Yuva. Could be the sense of wonder or could be Maybe by accident they broke something. Okay. Yeah, but um, but okay. but but either or, but either or, this this is all a valuable learning experience for children. Sure. Okay. Yes, we all learn from experiences. We learn from our mistakes. Um. Okay. Coming back uh, to the question I asked you about uh, why you became a teacher. The next question that I have in mind, and I've been curious myself, and I don't think I actually asked you this question you whenever we chat on a daily basis because we normally talk about whatever's happening in our lives and the various challenges the good news the bad news and all that stuff mm-hmm. what made you choose mathematics Yuva? i know when when uh you interviewed me i think you mentioned a little bit about mathematics okay um i think you mentioned that you love the subject or you're naturally skilled at it is is it just that or is there more to the whole story okay thank you for another brilliant question christian uh i'll say maybe because due to two reasons uh i think it's not oh it's not too it's not overfetched if i say that um mathematics is my first love because like i am yeah, still single i'm not married yet so i can i can i can <laughs> Okay, so are you saying you were that once you get married, uh, mathematics will change to your second love? Uh, no, I think <laughs> I I think they will share like, They share the position in my wife. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those I of think, you future um, people who 
potentially may meet Yuva. Please take note. Hmm. Don't worry, I had a platform enough for two people, so it should be okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so yeah, so back to the question. Uh, Matt is my first love, so I think maybe I have the tendency towards Matt's uh, a bit higher, a more uh, a higher tendency towards uh, Matt's. And secondly, because like mathematics is like universe, the knowledge is universal all over the world. For example, if you learn one plus one equal to two in Malaysia, the same thing you will learn in UK, in US, in Russia, in Timbuktu, in um, South Africa, in um, in Patagonia, Chile. So in even Antarctica, anywhere you go, the knowledge stays the same. So it's uh, it's uh, it's like a universal bond universal bond which keeps the world together despite we have like a different languages different region different belief but the knowledge of math is universal that's why ah, okay so you like the the comfort of it you like the the reasoning of it you like the logic of it it's yeah. universal for you Absolutely. it's something that makes sense to you yes which is uh, i suppose something very important to you Okay, um, so moving on from that, um, you mentioned that you, uh, you mentioned just now about taking Carnatic singing. I think there's more, right, Yuva? There's some other, other pursuits that you've also thrown onto your juggling act, right? Would you like to talk about it? Yeah, okay, thank you, Shen. So as you can see here, if you can see in my backdrop here, it's uh, all blue in color, which is called Knowledge Worth Sharing, which is my podcast art. So yeah, I'm also a podcaster as well, um, which I think Christian already mentioned earlier. Um, I'm doing a, um, this is my second season doing this podcast. Um, well, the first season was more like educational, as, but as you know, I'm a teacher, so it's my nature to educate. Um, so yeah, so mainly the first season was like to share whatever knowledge I had to as many people as possible, and hopefully they find a knowledge worth sharing. But as I took a small gap, a little gap from season one, season two, I enrolled into GSCS. I got trained as a life coach. And that's along the journey, I discovered my coaching niche, which is anti-discrimination. So I was thinking, you know what, to, to, as a leverage towards my coaching niche, I decided to tweak the, the part of the podcast a little. Well, it will still retain the same education element, but it will be more towards anti-discrimination because like uh, this podcast will be will have will, will have a two uh, two um, purpose one is like as a platform for uh, discriminated people to voice out to voice out their hidden voice within them and also number two like to educate people uh, educate people about other beliefs other events um, basically about the world because um, i believe the the basis of um, discrimination is ignorance and education is the most potent weapon to combat ignorance so once ignorance has been combated has been uh, combated i think uh, soon uh, discrimination can be uh, can be lessened in my belief okay uh, thank you uh, uh, for that uh, slightly uh, slight twist to to the answer to the question I had, uh, I, you surprised me, Yuva, in the way you decided to answer that question. I expected 
a certain uh, your thoughts go in a certain direction but it's okay that, yeah. that's life uh, um, not everything is predictable you never yeah. know when uh, uh, where the conversation will go in which part yes okay uh, I'm, um, a, I'm, I'm a i'm a pocket full of surprises so yeah <laughs> So am I. So am I. Mm. Okay. So let's let's continue having fun and uh, having this dynamic conversation. Yeah. Okay. So leading on from what we were talking about, uh, uh, the juggling act and all that, um, you were you mentioned that you're on the seventh semester of your uh, PhD. Yeah. So and you feel that it's taking a long time. Normally for a PhD, if I'm correct. Um, the minimum, uh, what I understand is normally it's somewhere uh, to be completed within three to five years, or sometimes if the person is doing it part-time, I think it can be extended to a, what, seven, seven to nine years. Is that correct, Yuba? Um, well, I have to disagree with that because like, it, it differs from individual to individual. So like um, for the knowledge of the audience, um, PhD in UM, there are two types, which is full research and mixed mode. So mm -hmm. full research, um, the difference between full full research and mixed mode, full research, under full research mode, um, you'll be you start working on your research from day one, since the uh, from the day you register to enter, enroll to UM. And mm -hmm. they will uh, they will um, appoint a supervisor for you, which mm -hmm. is written in the offer letter. But for mixed mode, it's a bit different. Mixed mode, you have to complete all the certain credit hours for courses mm -hmm. which include assignment and also exams only okay. after you completed the allocated credit hours for mm -hmm. uh, for lectures then you only then only you can proceed into working start working on a thesis so for okay. me i took mixed mode because mm -hmm. um, i believe because my my knowledge on research method was not that solid from my okay. uh, from my master's days so I was thinking, you know what, just take a few, maybe one or four semesters just to, you know, polish my knowledge to research method. Because research method is is do or die for research. Because um, let's see if your research method is shaky, mm -hmm. then it will affect the, the whole thesis in general. Okay. So you have to make sure your method is absolutely spot on, must be solid. Okay. So that's so that's why I spent extra four semesters to go through lectures and all exams, and mm -hmm. I and from semester five I started to work on my research, and mm -hmm. right now it's on proposal stage. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to defend my proposal, mm -hmm. um, and after that you know like conducting research and from there start the final write up, and hopefully I could complete it by, God willing by May, May twenty twenty two. Okay, so you've got a little over four months to go, according to the uh, deadline or time frame that you've set for yourself. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, knowing you quite well, when you say that, I think you, like me, are a very practical and realistic person. So yep. that's why you set a certain time frame. Yes. Because you're very confident about what you can do and achieve uh, within a certain time frame so i wish yep. you well i thank you so much i hope and pray fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Uh, that you get uh, reach the goal uh, mm -hmm. by uh may this year yeah okay um let's just uh, change uh tact a little bit okay so you've uh, uh we'll move a away a little bit from education for now mm -hmm. um just uh, you were a little curious you know um as you said, um, becoming a teacher wasn't the first choice. 
Uh, but uh, doing the master's and PhD was definitely something was in your plan. Yep. Okay, so I think you, like me, are the type of person you like to think things out, do your research, plan it, and then take action. Yes. Okay. Um, in your mind, if you think about it very carefully, um, who, who is the most important person in your life who has impacted and influenced you? And um, you can say that uh, if you had not met this person or this person did not come into your life, perhaps um, the direction in which uh, your life uh, would have taken would be very different. Mm, yeah. Another, another brilliant question there, Christian. And yeah, you can put yourself in the back, a brilliant question. Uh, but then I just want to ask, can I just, is it just one or can I say more than one? To start off, uh, maybe one person and um, perhaps if there is there's a tie-in uh, between the first person and the yeah. second person uh, and you feel that it's important to mention the second person, please do go ahead. Okay, sure. So I'll say the first person which like change the trajectory of my life is my first ex, my first ex-girlfriend. Because like, um, you know, like um, growing, great, uh, growing up, I mean, uh, growing up, I'm being an introvert. So which means that I don't date out a lot. You know, I'm an introvert. I, I'm the type of person who likes to spend mostly at home reading books. So, well, uh, well, despite my name, Yuvarajan, Yuvarajan in Sanskrit means prince. But I'm nothing about ah. I'm prince, but I'm not, I'm not Prince Charming. I'm just a <laughs> prince. So which means so which means I'm not I'm not a I'm not ladies man. I'm not popular among ladies. So okay. So going out dating was a big challenge for me. So okay. so when I first met this 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 girl, I'm not gonna say her name because like to protect her privacy. Um well like we had we had a thing going, we had a thing going, and then um it went well. Mm -hmm. But then due to some reason, we broke off. But then like, I did not take the breakup well. Uh, maybe because like, during that time, I did not, I don't, I take, I was unable to take uh, failure well. So especially this one was my first, first love. So um, I went into depression. Went into depression. And uh, to go even further, I went into suicidal. I was almost suicidal, but thankfully I have some group of friends who, who like willing to lend, lend the years and you know, um, willing to listen to my ramblings during that time. Yeah, those times were very, very, truly rough time, and it was my lowest point of my life. And that is when I joined Genius, and I, I learned by JCT and joined the Genius community. So since then, I will say um, life, my life have turned to better. Um, but despite all the hurt that uh, I, it was, despite all the hurtful moments that I experienced, I have to thank her because um, it wasn't for her, it wasn't for her rejection, I wouldn't have come to this to this level, you know, like to to know that I can even do podcast. If you ask me, if you ask me, Christian, ten years ago, if you ask me that I'll be a life coach, I'll be a podcaster, I'll say hell no, <laughs> <laughs> hell no, like really. You are already a podcaster. You are already a life coach. Are you serious? But yeah, yeah, it would have been like never in your wildest dreams would you have exactly, thought you would yeah, end exactly. up uh, having a yeah. podcast and uh, uh, enrolling in a course to become a life coach. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like yeah. Despite all the hurt that uh, she caused, but I have to be thankful to her. 
um for you know due to the reaction like it propelled me to you know go up uh, go up on a different path and where to be where i am today and as a tie up the, the second i will say not say personal people second people which i truly grateful for from 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 the day i was born until now it's definitely my parents because my parents are my closest friend um uh, both my mom and my mom and dad um dad was more like a more serious person but mm-hmm. uh i think like uh, he was like more like i think to present it in a more colloquial way he was more like a eclast uh, cadbury eclast chocolate uh cadbury eclast okay eclast. can you explain <laughs> that uh, yuva <laughs> because i like, love I, chocolate i've i've tasted the cadbury eclast okay. but yeah. um, this is a very unique way of uh, the analogy yeah i mean sorry sorry dad <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> because like dad my father was like a, a strong as a hard man outside you know hard means like strict serious but deep inside he's a very sensitive guy you know very sensitive guy loving guy caring guy um but my mom but my mom was my beacon of positivity um any in anything which i do she's my number one friend she always say no matter what i am i am your number one friend remember that i will always support you so when i hear those things especially when i when i go back to my that lows for my life mm-hmm. those are the few things which help me to come out come out of it you know so so yeah as i'll say this this two this two persons uh, which is uh, which is um my ex and also my parents and then also i will say um i will say one more person uh, one, one person as well uh, which is my junior which is uh, which, uh, which is my dear friend name is tiva hotiva you will listen this um this is for you uh she is my junior back in college uh actually we um the story was like i joined when i was uh, on my final year of college she joined she joined college mm-hmm. so but then like even back then like i was like you were in wonderland i was like, thinking what the heck am i going to complete i was like done i was I already done with this course i just want to graduate and just get out of the college and so then like even then we we then we like you know we met but then we didn't talk but only after we let we few years after graduation we mm-hmm. met back again and we become a close friend and also i must say one big reason why i'm here because like um during my rough times she was there to lend her ears she was there to lend her ears so she listened to me she listened to me attentively without judgment so i will like you know um like to dedicate this to her as well so tiva you listen this thank you for thank you for being one of our friend thank you okay so there's actually four people uh, yuva four people yeah your first ex your dad your mom and your junior my uh, close friend yeah tiva my yeah. close friend tiva okay okay that's great okay you're very fortunate that you have more than one important person to Absolutely. uh impact your life in such a uh, 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 uh positive and um um profound way yeah okay um so you've uh changing track a little bit uh, yes okay. i know you talked about uh, the carnatic singing you talked about the podcast you talked about um enrolling to become a life coach you've what do you actually do for fun for you to mm. to chill out to de-stress to relax 
Hmm, okay, well, my favorite stress buster is singing, but I don't have the I don't have the perfect pitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't have the perfect pitch, but you know I do sing. My favorite beats is definitely Air Rahman '90s hits because like I think every '80s and '90s babies will say, you know, um, my childhood is awesome because I have Air Rahman songs by my side. And in fact, I can say every stage of my life, I can you know. I can appoint a certain Air Rahman song. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's like that level. That's very. That's so awesome and cool, Yuva. Yeah. To have a song that ties into different stages of your life. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am a fan of uh, Air Rahman, but I'm not. Uh, I like how um, you know it's very catchy beats and the lyrics are very meaningful. Correct. Uh. But uh, for me, it is uh, some of the movies in which those songs were featured. I watched some of them. I've not watched the movies, but I've come across the song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for me, it is more. Um, I, I I appreciate the beauty of the the beat. It's very catchy yeah. and uh, very meaningful lyrics. But for you, it's it's even more. Um, there's a more closer, deeper meaning for you when it comes to Ar Rahman songs. Yeah, absolutely. and I think that's another thing we have in common. Yeah. Some of uh, that is another thing that uh, from I think uh, occasionally, when it comes to certain music and all that, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're like my uh, de facto um, music uh, en uh, encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take that as compliment. Thank you so much. Uh, it uh, it is a compliment. It is. <laughs> okay. Uh, before you proceed, next question. I just want to see. Uh, well, just one more. Just want to see one more thing. Sure. Um. Well, many kids, many people out there, they start talking when they they turn one or two years old. But mm -hmm. for me, I only start to talk when I was five years old. Ah, okay. Yeah. In fact, Christian. In fact, I spent the first semester of my kindergarten unable to talk. Okay. Yeah. So it was during that time. Like you know, I start to read a lot, and yeah, back again. Air Rahman song was there. I listened to it. Uh, we sing Mustafa, Mustafa, don't worry, <laughs> oh, that Mustafa. That song, oh, cool. Nah, <laughs> Mustafa. So, so I think those were the first song which I sing. Well, I do listen to Roja, which is 1992. I do listen to that, but I don't sing. But the first song which I sing, which I after I managed to get my ability to talk. What's the song? Mustafa, Mustafa. <laughs> so, uh, for for the audience, uh, for the audience, uh, the song is a friendship song, and I will say I that that's the song which defined my childhood. Ah, cool. That's actually one of my one of the one of a few of my favorite uh, Air Rahman songs. Uh, yeah. and I actually watched the movie. Yeah. Okay. Nice so yeah. to me, a song is good, but when you tie it to a movie, it takes on a much more a deeper meaning, you know. It's a more oh. uh, memorable uh, experience. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Your Mustafa Mustafa song is a very important song to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. This is where correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Yuva, it, okay. I may not be right in terms of the movie in which the song appeared. Okay. But for me, the most important song, and I believe it is a song composed by Yar Rahman, mm -hmm. is "China China Ase." That is oh, my yes. favorite. Yeah, that's my. If I recall correctly, and mm -hmm. I've listened to this um, on YouTube and all that stuff, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from the movie Roja, uh, uh, Yuva, isn't it? Absolutely. In fact, that 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 is the song which announced to the world loudly, Air Rahman has come. Air Rahman has arrived. The song, Chinna Chinna Asai. So that is the song which announced Air Rahman loudly to the world. Air Rahman has arrived. And also, personally, it was also one of my favorite as well. Because like, if you see the movie Roja and the, the picture of the song, it's about, um, Chinna Chinna Ase means a small, small desires. Small desires and desires. wishes. Because yeah. Ase can be both desires and wishes. Yeah. So it's about petty desires of a, you know, uh, of a girl. Who wants to you know the beauty of nature, the beauty of nature, the beauty of people around her? So it's the um and the the um the um the person who wrote the song is by Kavi Pusevari Mutu. So he he presented it in a very beautifully written lyrics. Ah, so the lyrics is by Kavi Pusevari Mutu, but yeah. the a score is by Ia Rahman, is yeah. it? Yeah, so that's ah. why for a song to be successful, it takes not just one mind, but three minds together, which is the vision of a director, the movie director, um, the vision of the lyricist, mm-hmm. the songwriter, and also the obviously the vision of the um, vision of the music composer. So three minds combined and they create a magic. Awesome. Okay. Uh, yes, I I know about the the of course the person who likes writes the lyrics and the person who composes the music, but uh, uh, you just filled in the third most important person, which is the director, the music director, or maybe if no, it's in a I movie, mean, perhaps the film director. Film director, yes, correct. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go into, uh, uh, I'm going to connect this to a conversation we had, I think, in the last two or three days, Yuva. Okay. Uh, in that I told you, you, you are like my de facto music encyclopedia. <laughs> uh, because I think uh, most of the songs I mentioned, you've either watched it, the movie, or it's probably from the 80s or 90s period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were telling me um, that um, how uh, A.R. Rahman became to be known. And that was news to me. Would you like to talk about that, Yuva? Okay, sure. I mean, like, it's not news. I mean, like, uh, any people... No, who... it was news to me. Maybe okay. not to others. Okay. <laughs> well, I think those music music lovers out there, they will know that A.R. Rahman actually started as a mentee to um, 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 to another legendary uh, music composer with the name of Ilya Raja. And Ilya Raja, um, she created a world record for composing for composing music for over thousand movies. So he still holds the world record for that. So it was, I think, in 1980s for a movie called uh, Pundagai Mandan, uh, Kamal, Kamal Asan and Revenue movie. Um, so it was it was not even a song. It was like an instrumental track. It's like a strings strings of orchestra. So okay. that that particular track, despite the composer is Ilya Raja. But that particular track is composed by Air Rahman. Ah, yeah. interesting. Uh, how uh, the great maestro uh, uh, Ilya Raja uh, is the person who brought uh, um, Air Rahman to the forefront, so to speak. Or shall I say, uh, in certain circles, they would say, um, uh, Maestro Ilya Raja gave the first break to Air Rahman. Um, not exactly a first break because like um maybe his first um, break into the modern cinema because like um 
if you see, if you go to the life history of A.R. Rahman, you can just Google it, you can just Google it. Um, A.R. Rahman's father, she, uh, Mr. Shaker, late, the, the late Mr. Shaker, was also a film composer. But he ah. composed film mostly for Malayalam movies. Uh-huh. But, uh, but then, like, turn, things started to turn tragic because, like, her father, his father passed away uh, when he was still young. So, basically, like, he has to be the man of the family. He has to, you know, like, uh, using the his, his father's old musical uh, instruments, so he started to perform, to uh, perform in gigs to to basically um, get the money to to run the family. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so, yeah, so that, that was back then. And then, but, yeah, but I can say, uh, I can agree with you that his first break into the Indian cinema is with Ilya Rajasar, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Yuva, out of curiosity, do you play any musical instruments? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, I do learn how to play guitar once upon a time, but that was <laughs> I know it's quite embarrassing to say with the podcast but I'll say anyway that the guitar was meant to be a chick magnet <laughs> <laughs> oh a little see a little secret the cat out of the bag chick yeah. magnet chick a magnet. guitar as a chick magnet I see yeah because uh, because I thought maybe girls they 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 will dig on guys play guitar so I think well, let's try but the interest was not sustained because I didn't have a proper teacher to learn guitar. I still have guitar though. It's, it's in somewhere in my house, but I still have guitar. Yeah. Okay, so it's uh, you need to go and wipe the dust off the guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> since it's been a while since you used the guitar. Yeah. And also, there's another one. Uh, I'm not sure it's considered instrument. Uh, some consider it as a childish instrument, but for me, I think it's a is the most powerful uh, is the most simple but yet powerful instrument. I, I just let me give me a minute let me take it here i have it right here okay i'm intrigued i'm curious what you consider the most powerful instrument it's very simple and yet is is very powerful okay um this thing here any idea of this uh is it some bamboo wooden like uh no this is plastic actually oh it's plastic. it's plastic is it like a flute or something uh well it, it is a wind instrument um it is a wind instrument but this is called a kazoo or kaju they call it kaju so basically as you can see here for a flute there will be like a you know a place to cover you can uh, cover and also some place to you know to um, if you cover certain holes, you get certain note. But as you can see here, there's no any holes here. There's only one big hole here and one small hole. So basically, okay. to play a uh, uh, to play a kaju, um, you have to number one, as you can see, it's a plastic uh, plastic layer here. You just hold here, and what you're supposed to do is you're not you're supposed you're not supposed to blow. You're supposed to hum. Okay, so um, the surprise here is you're supposed to hum, hum not yeah. blow. Yeah. Ah. Mm. Yeah, I can give you so a demo. So would you like to demonstrate? Uh, I can, but I haven't practiced for quite some time. So it, it's, a it's bit okay. Yeah. Um, curiosity mm. killed the cat. So I'm going to mm. jump onto the curiosity here since uh, okay. Yuva, Yuva and I have a running joke about uh, the infamous fictitious orange cat. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
justice for orange cat hashtag <laughs> so you are please do give okay. us a short demonstration of how okay. this very simple most powerful thing uh, uh musical instrument works that resembles the tune of happy birthday am i right you yep yep it's quite nasty but <laughs> and actually it's quite nasty <laughs> i wouldn't also, use the is... word nasty it's a little bit of uh uh unrefined uh uh, uh raw sound yeah okay not nasty but um uh it's unique it's definitely yeah. unique thank you yuva for yeah. um telling us and introducing us to this very uh, lesser known uh, musical instrument yeah um well uh, yeah, a, a, a properly trained musician a, a properly trained kaju musician will be able to make a trumpet sound from this kaju wow yeah but i uh, i'm not that trained yet so yeah you can just it's on, it's on google it's on google um you can just it's on youtube you can just find okay how to play kaju yeah oh cool you were i'm learning some interesting things uh, in general and mm. also uh definitely some stuff about you that we have not even touched in our online off camera uh, yeah. conversations mm -hmm. so um yuba um coming back to um changing tech a little bit um so you are a mathematics teacher you are uh JSCS certified coach you're in the midst of the tail end of your phd you were what the what the, what is the next challenge after you complete the phd um what what are the future plans well um well next is obviously in the next the short term plans to run a coaching business because i already have the license um already have a license i, I can just show my certificate here I just some certificate. I just got my. I I graduate. I'm not sure if you can see or not. Not really, Yuva. Okay. Um, Briefly, we saw it just now. I think this is because of the, uh, the 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 virtual background. Okay. Let me try to change the background first. Sure. So as you can see here, this is my certificate. Okay. So uh, I graduated back in October, and I just got a certificate like four days ago. So this is basically ah, okay. my license, license to <clears throat> do... So hot, hot of the press, so to speak. Lah. Yep. Um, yep, exactly. You can say that. <laughs> yep. So, yep. So um, the, the short-term plan for now is like, you know, um, to start my coaching business. And then after that, like to further fortify my coaching skills, uh, I plan to enroll into NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And also into um, the law of attraction, which is uh, more towards Ho'oponopono by Dr. Joe jo Vitale. Because um, why do I choose this? Because obviously, number one, neuro-linguistic programming is like um, to, uh, as a coach, you must, you have to be able to, you know, use your power of words 
to affect uh, to change um, to shift the client's mindset from being stuck to being you know i can do something about this so that's require nlp uh, number mm-hmm. two for uh, ho'oponopono is more like a personal personal choice because um, um going back to my first breakup um i didn't get the closure which i wanted so that's where i start to learn i start to learn about ho'oponopono um ho'oponopono basically is like um this four words i'm sorry please forgive me i thank you and i love you so yes i know those are very simple words but if we say it repeatedly uh, in uh, if we say it repeatedly with full of emotion basically say say with your heart uh, it will give you like a sense of calm and through through there it will give you help you to get a closure that you want because sometimes like there are there are things in life you want to get a closure but you didn't you didn't get it so you so in this for those kind of thing you have to prepare a closure for yourself why do you need closure because once you have closure then you can move forward Ah, cool. Okay, yes. Um, you did mention this previously. I think when we had our interview. Yeah. Um, those are actually two uh, very cool uh, and very fascinating uh, areas, Yuva, because yeah. I learned about the Ho'oponopono mantra, the chant. Um, I learned about it quite some time ago. I think maybe mm-hmm. more than a year ago, but. Um, I got to know exactly what it was, those four um, phrases, uh, through a friend of mine who is a life coach herself. Okay. okay? And um, one of my talents is memorizing and photographic memory. So mm-hmm. I can say, um, you, you know, you're supposed to chant these uh, four phrases multiple times. So it's okay. sort of, and you know when you chant something like this uh, after a while you know you get into a certain zone uh, you get into like a zen zone or you know you feel more focused and calm yeah. and pur- purposeful and all that mm-hmm. and you know they, they have <clears throat> they're very uh, different um, um, versions of this um, you know on youtube and all that stuff and uh, i i've listened to a couple of the different um, versions of this chant uh, and yeah, as you said, it is by uh, Dr. Joe Vitale. I think I came across, uh, I think I also came across uh, uh, his version, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, yeah. that has been around for several years. But yeah. I realized in the last maybe five to eight years, you, I'm hearing more about it. Yeah. It's becoming very popular. It's like the in thing, the trend. And there's quite a few people who are trained uh, uh, in NLP. And um, I think, yeah, uh, NLP is, a, is one of those very important tools uh, in order to help your client. Uh, utilizing NLP is, 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 is a very good tool. Yep. And Ho'oponopono is also very good, but um, I think that one maybe uh, is something that people need to get used to. Get used yes. to that chant. Mm-hmm. Uh, get used to being comfortable um, repeating that chant and internalizing the chant and for it to be more meaningful than a chant. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there's a whole process to this whole thing. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so okay, so that is the uh, the general plan for the future. Um, okay. So we are now in 2022, almost two years into this pandemic. Can I mm -hmm. ask you, Yuva, um, has it been more um, a good thing or not so good thing, um, the way uh, your life has had to change to adapt, uh, to embrace um, the various challenges and um, restrictions and uh, obstacles that you have faced uh, during this pandemic because we are almost two years in. Mm, yep. Very interesting question there, Christian. Um, I'll say it depends on individual um, because I would like to quote a quote from a famous person named Henry Ford. You know, a person who created a forecast. He mentioned, if you are right, you are right. If you, if you think you are right, you are right. If you think you are wrong, you're still right. So <laughs> So there's a twist to this uh, quotation. Yeah. So it basically means that what you perceive is what you feel. So uh, it depends on the people's perception. Where some things like uh, some people think pandemic, okay, it's a bad thing. I lost my job. I lost a loved one. I lost. Uh, uh, I can't. I can't go out. I lost my freedom. I lost my privacy. Um, I'm stuck at home. Well, there's there's certain people who think like that. But there are certain people who think, okay, this is a this is a moment that I can thrive because, like, especially if we notice that, um, if we notice that, uh, what I, I want to ask you a, a very uh, interesting question. What do you think which field um, thrive most during pandemic, in your opinion? The field that thrive the most, I think, uh, Yuva would be the healthcare sector. Healthcare sector. Okay, because during a pandemic. Um, which is very much focused on um, the medical field, um, you can say that the, the hospitals, mostly the hospitals would be the ones who are getting a, a significant increase in income. Okay, but at the same time, on the one hand, yes, there's more uh, money and revenue for the large hospitals and all that, uh, but it would be extremely challenging uh, for the public hospitals, okay, because they would be very strained in terms mm -hmm. of the manpower, in terms of the resources, medication, beds, uh, infrastructure, etc. So, offhand, you ask me this question, which industry that thrives, this is the one that comes to mind. But there's, 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 uh, there's no clear-cut answer in that uh, on the one hand, yes, more revenue, okay, yep. for the private hospitals, yep. and perhaps a little bit for the government hospitals. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it in another way, Yuva, perhaps some of our public hospitals, some of them are not as well as equipped as some uh, some others. Correct. But perhaps because of this pandemic, uh, certain resources and you know there's a significant amount of funding that is being channeled. And they have certain equipment and they can upgrade their infrastructure. And, uh, um, you know, this is the perspective in which I'm looking uh, at uh, you. Uh, how would you answer this question? Hmm, interesting. You have a very interesting answer there. Uh, if you ask me this question, 
I'll say there are two fields which thrive in this pandemic. Number one is, you know, the, the, the courier service and also like e-hailing. Uh, e Not e-hailing, it's like, um, um, you know, Grab, Uber food, Grab Beats. I think those, I think they, they make a ton of money because as you, um, if you see the first phase of the first phase, during the first phase of lockdown, where all, um, people worldwide are stuck at home, they can't go out to buy food. So who, so how they, so, so what do they turn to, to buy food? They go to um, um, Grab, Zomato, Uber Eats, this thing. So as you can see, during pandemic, they make a lot of money, right? So I'll say I'll say this this plus you know like um, um e-hailing um uh, courier service like grab food those those industries. Uh, secondly, I will say like the very medium that we have the interview Zoom. They make tons of money. I'm telling you, I think during pandemic, I think the share price, the share unit price, goes up by hundred or two hundred percent. So yeah, I, th I think those are the big gainers during pandemic. Okay, sure. Uh, yes, uh, uh, um, I do agree with you that way. Um, the second, uh, second. Uh, well, I believe the question you asked me, which industry, right? Not which industries. So I focus on the first one that came to mind. So the second one on my list would be, um, Yes, the what do you call it? The third-party delivery service uh, providers. Uh, um, they have been making a killing at uh, sometimes at the expense of the customer. Okay, because um, uh, they have an opportunity. There is uh, uh, so much of uh, demand that they basically can uh, quote how much they want to charge. You know their pricing structure, and there is a. I don't know, is it double or triple or quadruple uh, in terms of the uh, amount of, of revenue uh, re revenue that you get? And that's, yes, of course, as you said, the Zoom. Uh, but then, uh, Yuva, uh, if you do recall, there were some uh, teething problems uh, with uh, regards to Zoom. Because originally, I think uh, uh, the person who created Zoom uh, uh, had certain uh, things in mind. And we had teething problems like privacy issues and whatever not. And um, so that was uh, like a loophole that needed to be looked into and fixed. And then there was this thing about um, uh, having to use passwords to, to, to log in. And you know they had to look at uh, upgrading their infrastructure and adding on certain additional features because they realized now that, oh, okay, the spotlight is on them. They need to fix things and they need to um, adapt and be agile and to give uh, individuals and companies and organizations exactly what they want. So yes, uh, definitely, um, as I said, medical industry, number one. And number two, the third party uh, delivery service providers. Number three, of course, Zoom. But then besides Zoom also, you can see um, there's so many different uh, online platforms. Uh, yes, I know Google Meet was there for a while, but I don't know how popular Google Meet was. And then, of course, there is um, WebEx and um, there is, um, what do you call it? Um, something Teams. called um, uh, Webinar Jam uh -huh. and a thing called, what is it? Uh, Go to Meet or something, which I find a little bit weird because I don't like that. Uh, is it the Go to Meet thingy? Because 
even though there's a human being actually talking, you're not hearing the human being. You're actually <laughs> hearing this a very annoying and distorting robotic voice. So I attended one so-called um, training session, supposed to be on Facebook. I could only tolerate about 10 minutes of this. And then I said, okay, enough is enough. I'm logging out of this go-to-meet session. And since then, if there is... Uh, a, a training session or something on GoToMeet, which happens very rarely. I am totally not going anywhere near GoToMeet. <laughs> uh, so yeah. talking a little bit about what, sorry, uh, you were, I, I'll let you continue. No, uh, I mean... Tie into Zoom. Yep. Uh, before this pandemic, I had not heard about Zoom. Okay, so I had a crash course hands-on in how to use Zoom. You know, I had my various challenges. Uh, I could hear people, but people couldn't hear me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it took me, I think, uh, took me, I think, about a month to figure this out because I tried uh, figuring it out myself and I'm not technically inclined, but I look at things in a very logical, systematic way. So it took about almost a month. I went and Googled um, Zoom help. And then I looked at the frequently asked questions and it tells you step by step how to uh, check the sound and the microphone and all that stuff. And since then, I can say of all the various online platforms, I have gotten so comfortable with Zoom that this is the first, first choice. If uh, someone wants to do an online session, I say, let's please do Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, that's some experience for you. Yeah, but yeah, as I say, everything, there's, there's a post for everything, you know. So yeah, it's a good learning experience for you. I'm happy for you. Okay, uh, Yuva, you and I had an unofficial agreement. We said we will try to keep this podcast to about an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we are coming close to it. We have, I think, about, about another five or ten minutes before mm -hmm. we come to uh, the one-hour mark. Um. Let's see. Uh, so we talked about what you're doing right now. What are your future plans? Uh, what are the different things that you have explored and all that? Um, do you have, beyond what you mentioned, do you, is there a, a skill or a specific field? Or is there like um, beyond the setting up the coaching business, uh, and also helping people in your niche area of, of anti-discrimination, specifically bullying. Is there um, some other goal or dream that is on your to-do list? To-do list, okay. Um, well, I believe to go forward is not to compete, but to cooperate because it's easy to work together than go solo. Well, because, uh, well, like, um, I, there's a quote which says that if you want to go, if you want to go first, you go, you go alone. But you want to go far, you go together, right? So, yeah. So maybe in the next near future, I'm looking to collaborate with uh, people, not just in my uh, field, but also with various in 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 various fields, because I believe. All of everyone has something in common. We always have something in common. So maybe we can work on that and and develop and in in turn develop our field together. So I I'll say collaboration. Collab uh, 
interfere and intrafield collab collaborations. Okay. Uh, so that ties in actually at what I've been trying to do since last year, uh, Yuva, uh, because since the pandemic hit uh, almost two years ago, uh, just a little, just to give a little bit of background to those of the people who are watching this uh, video interview as well as listening into the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, four years ago, I celebrated on January 8th this year, uh, my milestone of uh, four years of uh, uh, when I started uh, doing freelance work. And that was a big paradigm shift. And for those people who actually know me, they know that I'm actually not the type of person who would uh, go into something totally new. I do like to learn new things, okay? I like to gain knowledge and skills and all that. And I like to challenge myself, okay? But uh, uh, more than four years ago, um, when uh, I was left, you can say, in transition, and I was looking uh, at the next uh, suitable full-time position because my previous job was a contractual position, and knowing that the job market at the time for the last couple of years is an employer's market. So basically, they are in the driver's seat. They pick and choose what age, what race, what qualification. Is it like a fresh graduate or someone who doesn't have much working experience? Or the exception is they're looking for those who are more mature and uh, uh, experienced. Okay. So I was doing a little bit of soul searching and... Um, I'm not sure how, but I came across the idea of freelancing. But I can tell you how uh, uh, one of the first few services I offered uh, it hit me, which is how, how that came to mind, which is um, uh, translation. Okay, because uh, Yuva, Yuva and I also have a, a fun discussion about uh, uh, proofreading. If, if uh, any of you all have actually listened to... Um, the first episode of my podcast, as well as a video interview, we talked uh, quite a bit about uh, myself, my journey, my life experiences and all that. Okay. Uh, but the freelance was actually meant to be a backup plan, a contingency plan, because I'm the type of person, I will take calculated risk. I will think things out, plan it properly, do my research, and then I will take action. Uh, and previously, I wasn't really a fan of, uh, uh, yes, change is inevitable, in inevitable, but, um, you know, um, human nature is, we don't like when things change uh, drastically, okay? And over time, I've learned to get comfortable and develop uh, skills to deal with change and taking more risk and stepping further out of my comfort zone and all that. So what was a contingency plan? Uh, the freelance suddenly took a life of its own and became the full-time thing, okay? And um, I started from scratch. There was no one to guide me, no one to tell me what to do. And during the process of doing soul searching, I was actually thinking very carefully. Uh, what are the things I can pursue? What are my, I know what are the skills I'm good at, okay? But when it comes to, a service or you know some <clears throat> something where i can help others because i i what, what is important to me and this is where you and i have this in common is we like to help people okay yes. um 
uh, the the way I'm going with this is I've always liked to help people. And even before I started doing freelance work, I used to, uh, you know, when I'm talking to someone, I'm very observant, I would pick up on certain things and then I'll tell the person, you know, by the way, I happen to observe, uh, you know, there's something here that's not quite right. And I deliberately say something here that's not quite right. I choose not to use the word mistake or wrong. Nothing, there's nothing wrong or there's uh, no issue with those words, but this is just the way I look at it because I'm positive thinking and I want to empower and encourage people. And I used to tell people, you know, um, if you there's something here that's not quite right, if it was to be corrected, this is how, this is how it should read. And it always makes my day uh, when I tell, you know, I smile, I tell them in a very friendly, neutral manner, you know, uh, it, this is how it should read if you were to correct it. It makes my day when they actually take my advice because they are the ones who are gaining because I'm offering this free of charge, okay? Um, so that was actually one of the first few services I offered, uh, proofreading. And then the translation part came in because I'm a big movie buff. I don't know, Yuva, whether you are a big movie buff. I know you are a music aficionado, mm -hmm. a great fan of music, but yeah. I don't know whether you are a movie buff. Yes, I'm also a movie buff, but I, I select my, my I select which movies I like to watch. Because for me, I do not like the commercial movies. I like, you know, the movie which is like, run, uh, which is like off the beat movies, you know, movies which have, actually have potent message, social message. That's, those are my, my favorite kind of movies. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm also selective in the type of movies uh, I like to watch. And before this pandemic, you can say the cinema was like my second home. <laughs> my way of relaxing and de-stressing was to watch a movie in the cinema. Mm -hmm. Because uh, yes, of course, you got the TV at home, but in the cinema, you can sit. It's a nice, cool relaxing, neutral environment, mm -hmm. you know, for maybe that hour or two. If you're watching like a Tamil or Hindi movie, it's about two and a half hours, three hours of relaxation and mm -hmm. entertainment as well. Yeah. Okay, so I go to the cinema to relax, uh, de-stress and to be entertained. But I realized in recent years, especially the English movie, the international movies, uh, when you're watching like say Spider-Man or uh, what else? The Avengers and all that stuff, James Bond movie. If you actually pay attention to the subtitles, okay, <laughs> you will notice um, there are some big boo-boos. There's some really <laughs> serious mistakes being made in the subtitles. So coming back, I said, I go there to be entertained, right? Mm -hmm. So in a way, you can say it's like double the entertainment for me. <laughs> It's like ha ha in here, but mm. not ha ha out here. Mm. Okay, in my mind, I'm like, oh my goodness gracious me, which mm. wonderful person got mm. paid to translate this? Sorry, yeah. not to translate. Which wonderful person got paid to uh, write the subtitles for this movie? Mm. Because uh, uh, you can say, so the pandemic hit us in 2020. So you can say from maybe 2017 to about early 2020, if you watch the movies and you are very fluent in English and Bahasa, you will notice that 
someone has done a very, very, very bad job yeah. of uh, writing the subtitles because yes, the, 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 the actor is or actress is saying something specifically in English. Mm -hmm. There's a specific meaning, there's a specific context, okay? But when you read the subtitles, which you can't ignore because it's right, right towards the bottom half of the screen. So you can't mm -hmm. actually ignore that, especially in a cinema, it's a large wide screen, right? right. Yeah. So the, the double entertainment in my mind is ha-ha, mm -hmm. but not out loud ha-ha. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious me. Someone yeah. did a very bad job and I think, since I'm fluent in English and Bahasa, I can do a much better job of doing the subtitle. So that is a, the third uh, service that I added on, besides my niche area, which is redesign and edit resume or CV, mm -hmm. which is based on my hands-on uh, uh, experience as an employee, and in later years being on the other side, handling recruitment for two of the senior uh, roles I had in uh, some of the companies I worked. Okay, so uh, so I just wanted to tell a little bit uh, of that. Yes, Yuva, you want to say something? Yeah, I, I find it amusing when you mention about the, the um, subtitles for the movies, especially English movies. It's like they have one job, they have one job, and they screwed up badly. <laughs> <laughs> which is, and then, so we yeah. are now uh, venturing into some very colorful language therapy. Yeah. Okay, uh, so let's be a little careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is a story. I think your podcast will remain in in. Uh, you don't have to put e there. It's still it's still clean language. So okay. I I'll say it, um yeah. I think they have one job and they mess it up badly, tremendously. They mess it up, which is I think unfair for certain group of people. For example, like people who have like problem of hearing. Because they can they can see they can see the movie, but they when they have problem listening, they are hundred percent relying on the subtitle. Now, if the subtitle is messed up, they, <laughs> how can they enjoy the movie, right? So yeah, yeah. true. You and I uh, know better because we are fortunate enough to have all our senses. Okay, so we know better. So it's an, it, it, it would be a big disadvantage for those who have certain challenges, especially, as you said, uh, those who have uh, hearing difficulties and they're relying strictly on the subtitles. Yeah. And if the subtitles are not maintaining the context and the actual meaning of what is being said in English, mm -hmm. it is being uh, put wrongly into Bahasa Malaysia, uh, I'm not sure um, how many of the people who have various challenges uh, would they be able to pick up that there's actually something fundamentally wrong here? Yeah. And then, uh, Christian, I just want to say another another tips for the audience, uh, any perspective, um, you know, I'm doing a favor, you know, for you. I'm trying to promote promoting a service. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, a little amateurial. Uh, just like a tips for the audience out there. Um, if you are, uh, if once Christian put on her thing, her proofreading cap, be prepared <laughs> to be on the receiving end of a lecture. But, <laughs> but, but, but the lecture is, but the lecture. It's the type of lecture where you can't bunk out, if you know what I mean. It's a very important lecture. You can't you can't bunk out of it. So be prepared to be on the receiving end of a lecture, but a very important lecture. You can thank me later. 
sorry, a what lecture? I didn't catch the the second last word. Okay, a lecture which you, you can't bunk out. That means like you can't, uh, you know, like you can't. Yeah, like, yeah, I heard that. But after that, you said something. You can thank but me. But it is a something lecture. What was that other word you said? Huh? <laughs> uh, receiving end of a lecture. Um, yeah, receiving end of a lecture. But um, but then that lecture is a very important lecture because. As I, as I say, if, if, if she called me an encyclopedia of music, she's an encyclopedia of English grammar. So, <laughs> so, so it's a lecture, but it's a very impo important lecture. So you can't like bunk out of it. So yeah, you can, you can take me later. Okay. Um, thank you for the surprise element, uh, Yuva, and uh, quote-unquote uh, advertorial. Um, okay, not to scare anyone here who's watching this interview or listening into this podcast. Uh, yes, uh, I am very passionate about languages, especially the English language. Um, and to me, words have important meaning. And uh, as the saying goes, uh, uh, you know, first impression counts. And Absolutely. not everything is going to be a face-to-face -face, uh, uh, interaction, especially with this pandemic, everything is online. So be it verbal or in written form, you know, that is another element to the first impression, which perhaps a lot of people took for granted before this pandemic, because everything, you know, interviews and all that, and all the interactions all of us had before this pandemic was face to face. And I very much miss that. Okay, uh, nothing, even though we have Zoom and Skype and all that, but I still very much miss the face-to-face -face, uh, uh, interaction and due to um, unforeseen circumstances uh, not uh, within my control, uh, I've had to adapt in various ways uh, with uh, having to do without the uh, very limited face-to-face uh, -face interaction, face-to-face uh, -face interaction. So coming back to what Yuva was saying, uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word lecture. <laughs> I would say that um, I would give uh, feedback. I would give my perspective and my point of view about uh, a given topic, or maybe if I come across uh, um, something, especially in written form, because a lot of us are doing chatting, uh, whether it's on Zoom or Facebook or Messenger, or um, WhatsApp and all that, LinkedIn and all that. So most of us are in written form, we're communicating with each other. So this is ties into the, how important the first impression is. So I would say that um, I, I'm just like, Yuva said he wants to combat uh, uh, ignorance by education. Uh, I'm doing my part um, to, to, to um, share my knowledge, uh, my fluent command of the English language um, to help people, especially when I see perhaps they sent off the message or the letter or something in a hurry, okay? And whether you're fluent or not in English, whenever you do something in a hurry or you're distracted, we're human. Not everyone is perfect. Yeah. Mistakes are made. Even I do make some mistakes. And uh, I, as soon as I see it, quickly I correct it, mm -hmm. okay? Um, so... So those of you who um, would like uh, a neutral third-party uh, pair of eyes to help you with your written communication, feel free to reach out to me. All the information is in the um, description. 
uh, and um, to close this conversation uh, for the benefit of the listeners and the viewers those of you who are interested to know about know more about Yuva he's told us quite a bit about himself and I've learned uh, quite a lot uh, more about him through this interview um, uh, his contact details as well will be provided uh, attached to uh, the video interview and the podcast. Um, so thank you very much, Yuva. Uh, I hope to, uh, we will continue our usual online off-camera um, candid, <laughs> candid uh, discussion about whatever topics that are on our mind and all that. But for the benefit of the uh, those who are watching the uh, video interview and uh, podcast, uh, we will draw this uh, conversation to an end. And I look for, uh, thank you very much, Yuva, for joining me and uh, for being my very first uh, guest uh, for the video interview and the podcast. And um, I would like to also thank all those who are tuning in to the video interview and the uh, podcast. And I hope to see and see all of you all and i also welcome your feedback both to the video interview and the audio podcast uh, any final words you would like to say uh yuva um yeah christian i mean i want to say thank you so much for inviting me to this uh, podcast interview and honestly all, although you're saying that this is your first time doing interview but i think you look like a seasoned interviewer like you you got this like you got this in you like but you know like uh, Every every experience is a learning experience. So yeah, you improve as you go. But from for me, you look like a seasoned interviewer. It's like you got this, you got this built in within you, right? The skills of interviewing, asking asking great questions. Yeah, I think things are going on on up for you. And I wish you all the best for your for the rest of your podcasting career. Yeah, thank, thank you, Yuva, uh, for the glowing feedback and to tie into something that Yuva said earlier, which uh, if you've listened to the video interview that I had with uh, Yuva and the podcast, uh, you ended it that way. And I, I believe I also want to end it uh, that way. Um, I was saying during the one that I did with you, that partnership and collaboration are very important elements, uh, more so since this pandemic hit. Okay. Um, and uh, you were you were saying I was asking you what else is on your to-do list, and you said uh, perhaps uh, collaboration. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, since last year, uh, this is where I sort of tied in a little bit to where I was going with the freelance and how I started. Mm -hmm. I am looking at um, uh, uh, having more people to collaborate with and looking at partnerships because. For four years, I've done everything single-handedly. Mm -hmm. I'm good at multitasking and I've really pushed the limits myself. Uh, but I feel that uh, it is now time um, to work with more people, um, not for lack of trying. I did explore and reach out to certain people, but you know, sometimes it's not easy to find a fit or someone who is on the same wavelength as you and uh, same values and same goals. Mm -hmm. It takes some time, it's a process. Yep. So yes, um, collaboration, partnership is the way forward yes. uh, with people who I think this ties into, I think what you said, intra and inter, right? Yes. Uh, uh, with people who are offering services that I do, because uh, that way, when I work with someone else, uh, 
I can help more people. You know, we can help more people. And also we can learn from each other because each of us has our strengths, our weaknesses, and our different perspective and point of view. Yeah. So this is a beautiful uh, way uh, to, 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 to wrap up uh, this, this session. Yeah. And um, thank you everyone for tuning in and viewing uh, the interview, video interview and the podcast. And uh, Yuva, uh, thank you very much. And I am very appreciative of the very glowing compliment you gave me. Yes, you are right that this to a certain extent comes naturally to me. But I, can, I also want to give credit to you, Yuva, because the reason why the very first uh, episode of season two for you mm -hmm. uh, went very well. And this yeah. is the first, uh, you can say one-on-one -on -one, one I did on Zoom is because you and I know each other well. Yeah. Okay, so the comfort level is there. So mm -hmm. it's just a continuation of a conversation, yeah. an ongoing one, but on camera. Yeah. It's usually off, 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 uh, off camera. So I, I thank you for, for making it look easy, mm -hmm. even though it's actually not that easy. But um, uh, through the new challenges I've taken on, the podcast and the video interview, as you said, I will learn. And um, uh, I'm sure I will find my, um, what do you call it, um, the flow or the get my rhythm rhythm into it. Yeah. Okay, uh, so signing off <laughs> one, yeah. once and for all for I think the third and final <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the it's the testament that you're not you're not too good at goodbyes. <laughs> Sorry, testament to what? It's the, it's the testament that you're not too good at goodbyes. Hmm. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I, it's, I, it's, it's, a, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's a joke. I, I'm, I'm still trying to digest and process that, uh, Yuva. Okay, probably it'll take me some time, but okay. Uh, thank you, Yuva, and as usual, we will continue our conversation off okay. camera. Yeah, sure. Okay. Good night and good, or night, good morning or good afternoon to those of you who are watching this video interview or listening into the podcast because I noticed that. Uh, uh, the people are coming from totally different uh, places around the world. Okay, signing off. Bye-bye. Yeah. Sayonara. Bye-bye. Sayonara. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. You can reach me through the contact details that I've shared in the description. See you all in the next episode. Bye.